Madison Square Garden was in not the exact form it always is, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting and giving out a three-piece of Coke way easier from outside of the cage. When you're inside the cage, sometimes people will genuinely open up a saw-like wound on your face, which is what Masval did to Diaz. Rap, how are you doing this evening? I don't have any cuts around my eye. Do you have multiple deep gash cuts? But you're saying none. None so far. Though if street or Cuban Jesus, depending on your preference, was hitting me, uh, I'm pretty sure they would have stopped the fight. And even I would have said, yeah, okay. (laughs) We're going to get right to the coverage of UFC 244. This is mostly going to be a podcast about UFC 244. It was easily the most fun set of fights from the cancellation that Nate Diaz gave out just falsely and on his own. <laughs> Kelvin Gastelum is doing the full you and I strategy for making weight. He's uh, that's exactly how I would approach Weight Watchers. Kev, you it's know how when I approach steals the scale now. Your fucking Halloween costume. That's what I felt like when I saw him do the coach buddy system for weighing in. I was like, that's our fucking trick. It is really since um, I forget it was Cormier that grabbed the towel, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. That was what really sparked this new movement of wait, why am I fucking playing by the rules? Like I'm gonna hold my breath, lean to the left. <laughs> it's amazing. So Kelvin, to be fair, we had a few people though that commented about it though, Kev. And there's one that I think that made me really laugh hard, but. There was somebody who was explaining on one of our posts that just said, yeah, no, they clearly cheated, like clearly. But goddamn, if that wasn't the best goddamn cheating I've ever seen, they executed that perfectly. And that's what we're looking for. We're not looking. We're looking for creative cheating about the weight. Mm -hmm. This is good. Maybe next time he'll put as much effort into making weight. He fights a lot. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. They said something might be coming disciplinary action, but we have already done way too much time without getting into the most interesting part of these fights. Madison Square Garden always gets shit on by the commentary team, and I'm going to I'm going to be a part of trying to rectify some things cuz I thought they had some behaviors that we could fix, Raph. I also think Joe Rogan ended his sober October thing cuz he <laughs> looked stoned as bees when they rolled tape onto him. He was like, "Whoa!" Vicky and I were both just is he okay? He was like staring at John Anik, like, has your head always been this small, bro? Like, he just had such a weird. Jorge Masvidal beat the shit out of Nate Diaz, just 100% for 15 minutes. Knocked him down multiple times, almost ended the fight. And let's just clear one thing up. Afterwards, when the doctor stops the fight because Nate Diaz's eye has a hole around it, the whole eye had what appeared to be what looked like carving a pumpkin. You know, you got to get those first gashes in. Jorge Masvidal kicked him in the face early in round one, busting up the whole Diaz grill. And that's essentially what led to the stoppage three rounds and a hell of a lot of shots later. So I was a little taken back because I thought they let the stoppage of it really get in the way of how much Jorge Masvidal beat the shit out of Nate Diaz. Do you feel similarly... It's a very broad topic right now. It's a shame that there was no fight prior to the stoppage because 
that's the way people were talking about it. They're like, man, it's a shame. We don't get to see how this plays out as if we didn't see three rounds of it happening before our eyes. No, yeah. And then Diaz in the post presser was talking about how he was going to make a huge comeback. He felt like he was surging back in the fourth round. And all I could think about after that early knockdown in the very first round was, (laughs) oh, my God, this man knows how to game that clock. Like he is waiting for that reset like nobody's business. And I don't blame him. It's part of the rules. You could do that. It's completely fine. It just we all had a moment, I'm pretty sure, as a collective UFC viewing audience of going, oh, that doesn't look good. And we were doing our best as we were watching it live not to freak out because we had a very pro Diaz room. Because I actually took a poll. I said to everybody, I said, hey, who here is actually going for Masvidal? Because we're West Coast. So it would seem that we're all for Diaz. And I didn't want it to be a foregone conclusion. Florida. Everyone hates Florida. Everybody Collectively. Hates Florida. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. It felt and even the crowd there. The New York yeah. crowd just seemed pretty. Everybody's pro Diaz now. Might as well. Yeah. So, and even Masvidal, I'm pretty sure if you asked him, he would have been like, <laughs> actually, I'm rooting for Diaz in this one. But, you know, I'd Huge like to win. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good that's why they need to let us back in the pressers rap it's the type of shit they miss out on without I you know. there i will say hey, or hey who were you going for in the fight it would have been an amazing <laughs> question he would have laughed looked down and been like truthfully i was just hoping nate might finish this one with a choke in the third round but any know. other person would have like looked at you like get the fuck out of my face why are you asking me that question but he would have been like no bro Masvidal, I get you. 100%. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, okay. So we see three rounds. It's really good. Masvidal's hands look super solid throughout this entire fight. Yeah. All of us were hoping for a little calf slicer action, heel hook action. We got that little glimmer of it just for split seconds towards the end. I think round two where we're all just jumping out of our seats, our collective jujitsu nerdiness. A, a coming Giles Lachlan like ADCC mm-hmm. glimpse. We just yes. didn't get that that absolute. We got more Lyle Jacklin in his weight division, less of the absolute in that moment. There's a jujitsu nerdiness reference for the day. I had a real moment where I couldn't help but think, Kevin, I don't know if you were the same way, was would Masvidal even tap to a leg lock? He'd be like, it's a fucking bitch move. No way. I actually did think that briefly because even as he was in it, they had that moment where they're stalled and they weren't trying to escape. They were just trying to figure out if they could slap each other from this position. I was like, oh, I don't think a heel hook's going to happen here. I thought for a split second he would have gone the saw route and been like, just cut my fucking leg off. I don't fucking need one leg. So that, that was, was the theme of this fight with all the blood yeah. coming from Nate's face. Now, I also my jab at the broadcast, and this is sort of some feedback. Joe Rogan is always going to be on the side of the fighters. But mm-hmm. if I'm thinking about like and John Anik does this a little bit, but he just slides in a jab. He doesn't like fully come out and disagree with him. And you could hear. Um, Eddie Munster Cruz was a little, little bit like, I was worried about this. It's like somebody needs to take the medicals side here and just, just for the fun of it, just so the fans aren't completely one-sided in what they're hearing. Cause to me certainly looked like a dangerous series of cuts that no amount of Vaseline glues your head back (laughs) together. The thing that I think you're trying to combat here is what may be known in MMA as uh, precedent 
where not president, which by the way is a different topic and a itself. whole nother series of booze. It's never good when Derek Lewis mm. gives you a pep talk shortly before talking about fighting someone and giving them the raw booty dicking. So just mm-hmm. it's just a reference. The guy who was on your side, who we all love, was mm-hmm. Derek Black Beast Lewis. And it still <laughs> didn't go great. No, no. <laughs> it was like, that's your your big supporter. <laughs> to be quite honest, as it was happening in the cage, I just thought, how quick before we see a tweet that goes out that just goes, Crooked Hillary is completely behind this eye cut. You know it. I know it. We all know it. That's what's happening right here. Trump definitely would have let that fight go on. That's what would have happened. You're but taking a whole different – this is a fun game where you and I guess what the president's response might be to a mm-hmm. UFC fight. And I, I actually think it could even go more than that. It's like the White House will be investigating New York referees for MMA to make sure this unfair <laughs> bullshit stops. And it's like someone's responding to a very angry Dana White text at 3 in the morning. This is amazing. Well, don't forget, too, that we also – And I I guess we're kind of going out of order here, but fuck it. I want to talk about this now. When Trump did walk out, a lot of people were trying to go in the route of saying, man, look at this. Isn't this amazing that 20 some odd years ago, this fight was trying to fight for respectability. And now here's Trump. Yeah, I was like, I don't know that we've made any progress for respectability in that context, but okay, whatever you want to say. The weirder part is. No one said anything like that when Ben Affleck started showing up, and it's bullshit. (laughs) I know. He was there early. (laughs) The the harder part to me, though, Kevin, is is that it would seem maybe a little bit more honorable if it wasn't so transparent that Trump was mostly showing up because he got his baby ego ruined when he went to the World Series. And he called Dana, and I'm sure was just like, Will you let me come to your fight with George Misfordales and the Nathaniel Dyes? And they were like, uh, sure. I mean, it'd be nice. Do you know who these people are? No clue. Couldn't be more brown, but I know one of them's from Florida. So I kind of like that one. It's in New York. These dum-dums don't read the newspaper. They don't know I'm leaving. So, can you imagine for a second the the gravitas of dumbassness that'd be like, I better go to Madison Square Garden during a UFC fight to get my ego back because they booed Jorge Masvidal. Just as a heads up, man, (laughs) they were gonna boo anyone if it had been. You could pick a politician in the last fifty years if they had somehow gotten Reagan's corpse back to life (laughs) and walked him in. Half the crowd would have been like. Boo! Fuck that guy. I hated the 80s. Zombie Reagan could have been handing out guns while also giving church and state 30% sermons. 30% of Madison Square Garden will still boo him. Still boo. It's happening. But I guess the part that was making me laugh amongst all of this is, is that we had a lot of fighters saying like, well, look how far we've come. You know, politics aside, I was like, the, the, the Trump's not a politics aside person. We don't, we don't get to Mother do that Mother Teresa cured AIDS. <laughs> 24% of Madison Square Garden is upset about it because they had the under. So I guess if you were excited about it, good for you. But more importantly, they did boo the man. 
And so for every person in the lock of the year, I did try and get odds on it. I bet a little bit of Nate Diaz. And I was like, I wonder if I can get Trump gets booed. I could not. Yeah. But they were trying to say in some of the articles, they were like a reaction that's mixed at best. And I was like, mm, I saw videos. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I know what I know. And I love it that my dad messages me and he goes, he's going to get booed there. I was like, you're right. No. That that's gonna happen. So, do you think sports fans are different <laughs> wherever you go? It's so <laughs> funny to me. It's like baseball is not a beacon of liberal youth. It's no. the longest, oldest sport in the world, and takes six hours to complete on a good night. Hey, maybe we should cut down from 160 plus games a year. Fuck you, conservative dick. Let's keep the game the way it is. And um, we're just saying it's actually healthier to do less than 160 games we'll a year. We'll do more. How's that sound? How does more <laughs> sound? Because <laughs> tradition. And also, get that fucking replay out of my face. I see what I see. I'm just letting you know that America's pastime is called that for a specific reason. So let's get back to the fight. So, yes, Jorge doing great things, very proud of him. Unbelievable, man. That guy is, when he said, I'm going to run it back, I was like, well, take a, take a minute. Like, let's well, breathe. I wouldn't get fully vested in Nate Diaz coming back for another few years. So, Oh, okay. So this this brings me to my next point. Thank you for transitioning beautifully because everybody was like, I don't like the way this is ending. This is bleh. And I go, there's always money in the rematch. Y'all motherfuckers forgot. That Conor McGregor and Diaz, too, did major business. I'm okay with this because if they do this again, I think Jorge is of the mind of like, yeah, they're going to take forever with fucking Colby and uh, Usman. So like, uh, just, you know what, let me make some money. Because that moment when Jorge said he was like shaking his head up and down, like we can run that back. What he was really saying, because I speak fluent money street jesus <laughs> is that he's saying let's add some zeros to that bank account if you would friends because yesterday and this is a m- very baffling to me i looked at the amount of money that they got kev they got five hundred thousand for the fight okay mm-hmm. but then they also got twenty thousand for fight week incentive now is that a new diaz clause i or think just- it is and they might have put it on a couple other people to you know see if we they could uh get our scent to go off of it. But I 100% looked at that and said, is that a Diaz fucking stipulation of the contract? You're going to be like, I'd like my Diaz fucking stipulation, bitch. So I laughed profusely when I saw that. And I think that Dana was a little sour on seeing it happen because he wants to keep his options open. But I also don't think he's being 100% real with you guys i think he's just trying to take the side of of yeah what we saw was good and there was no question jorge was winning that fight let's move on i also want to say maybe just maybe kevin i'll get your thoughts on this do you think he just doesn't want to deal with diaz do you think he just is like oh fuck no i don't want to fucking do another contract with that guy well here's where i will give you some that argument might have weight for the following reason Dana is an egomaniac. That's the number one thing we we know. He loves the credit. He likes being the spokesperson mostly, not because he enjoys reporters or press. We know that. He just likes the credit. You know who got all the credit for this? All of it? Nate Diaz. The broadcast, again, 
was just like this was out of Nate Diaz's head. He said it in the post presser. They said it before the fight. They said it during the fight. The Rock is handing out the belt, which I was shocked Dana let that happen. But again, Dana does like his money, and The Rock brings in numbers. I do see a world where Dana's like, fuck Nate Diaz for getting just a little (laughs) bit too much buzz about this. But the underlying principle, and you already heard them, and I'm going to ping pong and say, I don't think that's the case. I think we're going to see Nate in like, I don't know, three months, because he seems like he knows where he's at fight-wise. He's Mm. never gotten this credit before. He's just never gotten it. No, but you seem to suggest that Nate Diaz knows where he is. Uh, Fair. At the end of the fight, and I I would give him this credit because it was what I was thinking too, as I said, yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of scar tissue. So we had a bet going on at our place when he was going to start bleeding. And somebody said, I mean, and this is as Bruce Buffer's like walking up to him. They go, now seems like a good time he'd start bleeding. I'm pretty sure Bruce Buffer just screaming into his ear is enough to make that at least start bleeding. He said if, you know, sneeze near him, Jorge Masvidal was throwing knuckles and feet and <laughs> knees which are much more aggressive than a sneeze but bruce buffer's tone is nothing yes. if not a aggressive stage five fart compared to like a sneeze it's good it'll make yeah, you believe definitely i mean it, it's definitely got you know bruce buffer is on that scale of mariah carey shattering glass richter scale i'm pretty sure when he gets in front of you nonetheless when we did see it start to go a little south there and we said all right i mean he's bleeding that's not great and at the end of the fight when he was giving his honest assessment, he was still at least coherent, more so. Maybe that's what happens. You knock the sense into him. But the only thing that kind of stuck out to me was that he goes, you know, my last fight three weeks ago. And I was like, ooh, it was not three weeks ago, though, Nate. Like, oh, I did hear that, by the way. I was like, wait, I, I, I should do the math. because I, I just believed him, but I believed him <laughs> in the way I believe Nate Diaz. Which right. is like 40% or whatever he and says. It, it's like it was probably you know, three months, but he's close. Well, I mean, maybe he was thinking, and this is true, uh, his last fight was three UFCs ago. There we go. So on that part, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Nailed it. Now, I want to address this because this is another topic that a lot of you guys were bringing up, which was the element of the BMF title being somehow ruining to the sport. Yeah, you start here, because then I have an opinion as well that gets back to the broadcast. Okay. I feel that this is too little too late from some of you. For you to be so righteously indignationed on this, you act like we haven't had BMF titles that just didn't have a title. Do you understand part of the appeal of why they were doing this? Like, Nate Diaz said it out loud. And most of the time, for any other fighters, you'd be like, nah, fuck that. We're not going to do that. But when he said it and he said, Jorge, we all go, yeah, I'm okay with that. Then they present this belt. And Kev, I don't know if you saw this, but they had people taking pictures with the belt and presenting the belt. And they actually had it with gloves. I've never seen the UFC belt handled with gloves. It was but pretty. They did. It is pretty. Excuse me. It is. And they were people who were like, oh, I would change the font. And I'm like. What they're trying to do is make you realize that the shitty gold belt that they have now that's still a weird eyesore, they're trying to say, like, here's a different version of that so, like, that you'll kind of normalize the other one because that one's still kind of weird and you guys don't love it. But I think you like this one, right? Because The Rock's holding it. And I got to tell you, Kev, when The Rock 
was standing in place of Dana White, all I could think of was, I'm okay with this. We can do this more because I trust The Rock to break up a fight way more than I would Dana White. And if you're asking me on this one, I'm pretty sure that Dana goes, fuck, I don't want to get between those two. Dwayne, get in between them. Do you think he calls him Dwayne? I just had my complete um, The Rock always comes in and handles sequels when franchises need a little help. I was like, what a perfect (laughs) new UFC president. The UFC president, The Rock. He's here. That's something he should be president of. There was a lot of buzz about it. There we go. Yeah. I fully agree that people are wrong about how they're at least interpreting from what I've seen the Jorge Masvidal victory. Because to me, it was like, wasn't this exactly what you'd expect from a BMF? Like somebody that's clearly been punched nearly... Jorge Masvidal was inside Nate Diaz. That's how deep those Mm -hmm. cuts were. This was penetration. Consensual, but penetration. Jorge Masvidal wins this title, and Nate Diaz, of course, isn't going to just get knocked out. We're not even sure it's possible, but you could argue he was concussed based off of his dates. So I, I, for one, was just like, sell this a little bit. I know it wasn't maybe the outcome people wanted, but it is an outcome, and it is one that was brought about in pretty stunningly violent fashion. Well, his the other was swollen and it like, was not looking good. It was good. fucking gross. When we talk about the element of precedent, though, don't forget that part of the reason people were so pissed is because they said, I've seen other fights where fighters have fought through more and worse. And, you know, that's always good when you hear people say it like that, because it's basically like saying, I've seen other fighters come closer to death and I want more death. So die more, please. Thank you. With the possibility of maybe you can come back and choke him out in the forest. But if you otherwise think about it, just do this for a normal guy title. We'll call yes. it the NMGT. Wait, that sucks. Does that anybody was... have a better acronym? <laughs> but Kev, here's the thing that I wanted to close on for the belt. And we can probably talk to somebody if you want to talk to them. But the thing I wanted to close on on the belt was every single one of you guys wondering why the fuck we had a belt. Why would they make one, right? It seems weird. We're all staring at it. People have varied opinions. Obviously, you idiots who hate it a lot are really just making it more social media friendly by sharing and talking more about it and giving it more engagement. So good job, guys. But at the very end of the fight, did you not see the call to action to go to UFC.com where you can buy your own bad motherfucker belt. That's right, kids. Forget the WWE championship belt. Get your own bad motherfucker belt. You're because... not going to believe how much it is, by the way. I'm staring at it right now. Oh, I'm how much is UFC.com. You, you guess first. No, I don't want to. I have to play by prices right rules. Okay. It, it's a replica belt, right? Correct. It says BMF replica belt. Okay. Is it like... Can you describe if it looks kind of close to authentic or it if it's a little more plastic? Sizey. No, it looks okay. I mean based off of the picture. Okay. I'm going to say 200. Okay, thank God. That's about what I would have said. $850. $850. <laughs> okay, because... and I want to read the description. Hold on. I want to read the last line of the description. 
<laughs> this truly is a bad mother king belt. It's a one of a kind, and it takes a BMF to own one. No, it is not a one of a kind. It says it in the GD title. So lovely. This is amazing. Officially licensed. Who gives a shit, by the way? Kev. Yeah. <sighs> the part that makes me LOL so hard is that don't you start to get a little bit more suspicious? All of you conspiracy theory people, before Donald Trump was president of the United States, he was a businessman who mostly just licensed his name to a million things. So aren't you the least bit skeptical when the man shows up for a photo op with a belt that you called super fake and really shitty looking, where at the very end they'd say, hey, if you want to get one of these shitty belts, you can pay 800 bucks. Because here's the best part about that deal. Most people, if they had gone the route Kevin and I were going, by the way, would not have paid $200 no, at all. No, I was just making sure I was under prices right rules. And that's why I was asking if it looked plasticky or real. So that means they're trying to give you a real replica belt. So if that's the case here, Kev, and we're really talking like that, you got to consider one thing, which is they don't have to sell a lot of them. No. If they get a few suckers to buy that for, oh, this holiday season coming up, uh-oh, we've made some good money here. So to everybody who's really sad and I guess hurt by this, I just look at it and said, I take it for what it is. We had a fun fight. Yeah, it might not have had the definitive ending that it would have had on the streets with Jorge Masvidal, but I think we might get to see it again, especially when Masvidal seems to be the one calling for it. Now, whether they do that before or after he gets maybe a title contention, because I think they're trying to keep him in the loop for that, that's fine. But hey, man, if that comes back in the next two years and we get to see it in that time, I think we all win because... Masvidal and Diaz are two engaging personalities that we always kind of have an interest to see who they're going to fight. And why not if they're just going to hang out and fight each other? So I'm all right with it. Just stop being fucking out of, bent out of shape out of it. It's fine. Excellent. Thank you. I am <clears throat> stunned. This thing is $850. It still doesn't make any sense. I can't believe I didn't go look it up before we did this show. It is unbelievable. So I saw that too, by the way. I did have my moment where I was like, I was paying attention. I think that's that rounds out the BMF title. So there are a shit ton of fights to talk about. And it's bizarre to me because as I'm re-watching, I didn't realize the middle three fights all went to decision. Because the only one that seemed somewhat close to me was the yes. uh, Gastelum Till. Though, Derek Lewis and Biagoy Ivanov, well, I guess let's yeah. just go down the line. Because right as we get to Kelvin Gastelum, Darren Till, mm. I have a funny Bruce Buffer question for you that we're going to get to. But before all that, Raph, I need to put you on mute. Just oh, real okay. quick. Sorry. It's fine. It's odd timing, but I'm going to mute you and bring on... Stockholm's baddest guy with a fresh set of stitches. Uh, I don't remember how many it was, and I'm positive he doesn't either. Nate Diaz. Nate, how you doing after getting a softball's mm. amount of stitches? Mm. 
Oh, I'm all right, you know. Um, yeah, you know, it's like I went out and I fought, and I still have fought motherfuckers, but like this doctor bitch came over and he was like, nah, dog, you shouldn't fight anymore. And I was like, well, maybe. <laughs> the fight itself was a huge success. I want to congratulate you. You said you had to stop training for about two weeks prior. Do you mind telling me at any point did you consider stopping smoking weed? Or was that a non-starter? No, that was a non-starter, dog. Okay. Uh, I, I, will, I, I actually smoke weed more diligently than I train, if you really think about it. So, like, I, I plan out my screw my weed schedule, you know? Like, sometimes, um, you know how you have, like, your, your heart monitor, a little, little app on your phone? I have one that's for weed. And I look at that, and I was like, oh, shit, it's only been two hours since I had my last fucking bowl. Shit, I should get on that. I actually even know the system you're talking about, that new PAX app. It's quite helpful. It lets you know. It ties to your phone. For those unaware, you take a hit. It keeps your high levels in check. Nate, you did about 45 <laughs> minutes on the mic after. Do you ever consider doing a comedy show? Brendan uh, Schott did, for fuck's sake. Uh, like, oh, well, now you put it that way, yeah, I should probably do one. Um, you know, I got a note, um, from, uh, like this little bitch named Gary Tolan. Uh, he heard me on your last show and he said that I was apparently too, uh, easy to understand. And I gotta tell you something. I'm the least easy person I understand. You guys use like a filter on this show to like take the mumble and like enhance it. So fuck you, Gary Tolan, you little fucking bitch. Oh shit, Dylan Dennis had better seats than you did. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Somehow Dennis does end up with a lot better seats for these UFC events. Well, Nate, how long do you think it's going to take you to heal up before your uh, face is back together as a unit? Oh, dog, I'm like the Terminator, dog. Like, that shit was just already healing as it was going. So, like, by the time I, like, got done with the press conference, it, like, foam. Did you just watch the Terminator because of the new one coming out? Um, they told me it was a new one, but I was like, what the fuck? Linda Hamilton's in this one, too? Oh, shit. I don't know. You know when they, like, de-age the actors? Sometimes it, like, trips me out because I think I'm on one, and I'm like, fuck, dog. Is this now or was this then? Or is Skynet in the future or are we in the future? <laughs> well, Verbal Tap fans, he will be back soon. I'm positive. He's now the orchestrator and inventor of the most interesting night of UFC fights we've had in a year. Nate Diaz. Nate, do you feel like you're going to take a victory lap on this one with the idea's sake, or are you just going to jump back into uh, ignoring credit and doing triathlons? Oh, <clears throat> you know, the thing I do is like, Whatever a smart person does, I do the opposite of it. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if I try to, like, Cerrone my way back onto another card in, like, the next two weeks. Because, like, um, you know, like, I sneeze, I bleed, whatever, dog. That's my new line. Um, I meant that that was going to be my closer in my fucking press conference it's not yesterday. not a bad shirt either, by the way. Just... <sighs> I mean, it gets really hectic when, you know, I'm trying to explain to my friends and family that my wife is sneezing right now, but I'm like, whatever dog. And I have to ask, cause I didn't even know this until the post fight presser. You've had a child 
famously unrelated to anything going on in your fight career. Uh, how's how's the daughter? How's the little kid? First of all, news to me. I didn't know I had a fucking daughter. I was like, <laughs> I got to this week's fight week, and they were like, Nate, do you want to say hi to your baby? And I was like, what the fuck is this bitch? Shit. Yeah, all right. Bring it on over. <clears throat> but um, now my face still hurts. Um, no, nah, here's the thing, dog. Like, You shouldn't be asking me, Nate Diaz, about children. Okay. Like, I agree. Don't don't fucking do that. You know what I mean? Like that's fucking disrespectful to me as a fighter and to my daughter, I think. Mm -hmm. daughter, I, I don't know with that. Yeah. Okay. Um like she's worthless to me until she shows that she's got hands. So it's like, fuck. What weight <laughs> class are you fighting in, bitch? The Diaz, <laughs> the Diaz brothers would be tough. I could imagine you all being a little tough on, on the children and the family. Well, I want to be like, have you even run one fucking triathlon yet? Jesus fucking shit. How old are you? You have no fucking daughter of mine, you know? Um, but yeah, I hate when they like try to humanize you as like a fighter. And like this chick who asked me that question yesterday too, which by the way, disrespectful, you're asking me the same question. But like when she asked me that at the presser, I was just like, the fuck? What do you want me to say? It it was my favorite moment of the presser. So don't handle it any differently, and you stay you. But I will, and I want to say this. Fuck you, The Rock. Yeah, I love ballers. Uh, I'm looking forward to Jungle Cruise. Uh, Jumanji 2 better be the shit, dog, because like, I have high expectations. Like After I saw Jumanji 1, I was like, where the fuck are you guys going to take this shit? Um, and then, like, you know, uh, Tooth Fairy wasn't bad. That was pretty good. All right. Verbal so, Tap yeah. fans, Nate Diaz. Fuck, smoke weed every day. <laughs> hey, someone who can honestly finally afford the BMF title. It's nice to have a conversation with him. <laughs> I'm going to bring back to the podcast Rafa Sparza because we have a lot more fights to get yes, through. We do. And Nate sounds more stoned than I remember him being. So. <laughs> We are right in the place where I would expect him to be, which is on painkillers and CBD. Yes. Kelvin Gastelum and Darren Till, good fight, not a ton to talk about. Uh, ends in a decision, Darren Till gets it. I agreed, but there was some weird judging in that one, by the way. Which did lead to a broadcast tangent, which has me wanting to stop before we get to Stephen Thompson's beating of Vincente Luque and ask you a question, Raph. Yes, go for it. I was listening to John Anik on the Ryan Rosillo podcast. Ryan Rosillo yes. introduced him as voice of the UFC. And I was kind of, I didn't even bat an eye. Except there's one person who likes to be considered veteran voice of the octagon. Immediately, Anik's like, well, we would technically say that was Bruce Buffer, but and Rosillo immediately is like, why would the PA announcer be the <laughs> veteran voice? And I loved it because it's the meanest thing someone could say to Bruce Buffer, who's like a performance artist, I would say. He considers himself more the Celine Dion of this, less a principal. Mm. What do you think? Who's the voice of the octagon? Because to me, I was like, isn't it white guy Oprah Joe Rogan? I think Joe is the balls of the UFC. I think that you've got John Anik. As Annex got the, an argument. You, well, what's his argument? He replaced Goldberg, and together they are the voice of the UFC. Oh Jesus! Ugh. I, I don't. Him. I don't know, dude. I. Voice. I honestly, when I say that I serve as the soundtrack to certain people's 
uh, grappling events. I say it as a quick way of, uh, you know, kind of identifying what it is that we do and kind of the art behind it. I don't know that I've ever said I'm the voice of anything. I'm not even the voice of this podcast. I'm half of this podcast. Um, I don't I don't know. It's a very weird moniker to be fighting for. But to be fair, we are in the age of self-branding. So it is really important that you figure out what that is. And, you know, maybe, Kev, what we should be doing is trying to come up with our branding on the show. Um, because I think once I told people, and it might actually be on my resume, so don't don't hold me on this. But I think I put that I'm the editor-in-chief of VerbalTapCast.com. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, hey, but disagree. VerbalTap Legal's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Just, but the thing is, I put that down on my resume because I was also like curious to see if anybody would ever call me on it. And more importantly, if the other person who's responsible for the show was asked for it, I'm pretty sure Kevin would go, yeah, he's responsible for that shit. Yeah, editor-in-chief of Sparza, real uh, ball buster in the afternoon <laughs> meetings. But as long as you hit your deadlines, he's good. He's good. He's real good. But I love that as we we see those things. Yeah, I mean, John Anik is definitely the lead broadcaster in the same way Michael Cole is the lead broadcaster of WWE. Or, and this one hurts to say, Joe Buck. Joe Buck. (laughs) I knew. I I could feel it. Is to shitty broadcast comment oh i actually i I, this is gonna but to prove that i'm willing to stand up to even even my bestest of friends i thought he did a pretty good job in the astros nat series i I found myself i know and maybe it's because i I can't tell you no i don't even know kevin i was pretty good i didn't watch it because to me once the dodgers were out this world series didn't have an ending and once it did have an ending, what a sad ending. Yeah. <laughs> it is a – but so hold on. I'm going to keep – I've side-railed this so much. But uh, John Anik has a legit argument. I thought he was pretty good on the broadcast. I thought uh, it all got a little group thinky is my only uh, <laughs> contemplation. And – I love that somebody from an outside sport was like, why would the announcer be the veteran voice of the outside? It's so funny to me. Steven Thompson used high-level karate, and I messaged you, Steven Thompson would have killed most people. I believe yeah. that. I'm not being hyperbole. I believe he would have murdered most people with the, what he was doing. The spinning kicks. Mosball was doing this, too. The spinning kicks to the ribs, Raf. I am crying. Yeah. I am getting on my knees. And Vincente Luque is like, okay, that hurt, but I shall go. <laughs> yeah, I, I could do a few more. Unbelievable. He's super talented. And the hard part is, I think he's so stylistically hard to match up consistently that we kind of forget how good he is. Um, but I have, I have an immense amount of respect 37. for him. Steven Thompson yeah. is 37. It's like, it does start. not look it, though. I got to start spending time with that guy. I got to figure out what he's doing, find out if he's a vegetarian, all that stuff. I think he's just using the power of fucking positivity, and that's what makes me uh, angriest. You know what they did do with him? He high-fived him after he kicked him down. He, like, butted him down and then was like, get up. Here you go. Nice way to take that kick, buddy. And then just hit him. The thing that maybe you didn't see this week was um, they had him. It was kind of like a take on 
the Obama anger translator. So they were uh, using him to break down famous trash talk uh, moments in the UFC history. And I think there was one where it was like Nate Diaz talking to Conor McGregor and saying, you know, uh, hey, a little leprechaun motherfucker, all that sort of stuff they did in the past. And he was just saying like, well, he's just saying, uh, you know, Mr. Conor McGregor, uh, I really would like to fight you. And, uh, you know, I, I have an immense respect for you. And let, let's let's settle it. <laughs> I just go, that's not bad. Look at you, UFC, trying to have a sense of humor. Still awkward, but, you know. Doing your best. They Doing the best. The break, before we get to Derek Lewis, the yes. break that I texted you about when uh, Forrest Griffin was hosting a small sketch yes. guessing game with... And it's always difficult when it's Metro PCS because I get it. It's an ad thing, and, and they're doing a lot of fun with inserting ads now into to weird things that look like television. This was perfect. It was just a quick, he reads one tweet. I was really impressed they were going to put Forrest Griffin live reading on anything. I thought that was a choice. But he had Rose and uh, Tyron Woodley, and I was like, this is what I'm looking for. Looking for a little bit more of this in-between stuff. You have 6,000 fighters on the payroll, so let's, uh, let's have a little in-between fun. And don't you always wonder what the fuck Forrest should be doing? Like, he was such an integral part of the UFC that I'm always like, oh, right. Why aren't they using him more? I think Forrest Griffin responds to things would be a fun segment. It's just like 30 seconds of him responding to something. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I always thought he was destined for at least a color spot just to make things fun for the proceedings. That's my thought. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be a blast to have like next to you during a commentary thing. Mm-hmm. I, I would utilize the shit out of his knowledge. So no, I have I have no beef with that. I think he's uh, he's very fun. But yeah, I saw the same commercial. I thought it was fun. Foremost expert about Derek... bleeding, by the way. Yes, <laughs> Forrest Griffin was a bleeder. Just as a well, talk to me about this Derek Lewis fight because I was actually traveling uh, in between on that one. It was hilarious to me for the first of the. Derek Lewis is coming to the cage. He he obviously famously just had multiple things fixed on his knee. I want to say it was an MCL, a meniscus, and an ACL repair. Well, they were just talking about the ACL. They were like, this is an athlete that's completely reshaped his work ethic. He came in weighing 293, and by the time he was ready for fight, he was waking up at 267. And I was like, was that a compliment? Was any of that supposed to give, okay, so Derek Lewis was almost 300 pounds. He's now at a poultry 270, we're going to go ahead and say. And he looked no different. <laughs> they were sure that he was going to come in looking like Kevin Lee. He did not. He came in looking exactly like Derek Lewis. Back and forth fight. Derek Lewis got the wins on the exchanges and just personality. And Biagoy, Ivanov, stood no chance. But... The after fight speech, Raph. Have you caught mm-hmm. in any of the text of the Derek Lewis post fight press? A L- little bit, yeah. Okay. So I don't know what the fuck he was talking about. At one point it was Trump, and I was like, okay, this isn't as bad as the. Nor- I don't even. Maybe that's how much I like Derek Lewis. But mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm not even having a visceral response to this. It's fine. <laughs> He's like, I know things are rough right now. It's like, that's a lovely way to put it. Oh, no. <laughs> but he also was like, we're going to need you in 2020. And the crowd was just like, that's good stuff. Don't say open mic nights just down the corner, Derek. He then started talking about Biagoy has this like dent in his chest about him having a booty hole that he needed to give it to raw. 
So you could imagine, but then Joe Rogan was like, okay. And how did you <laughs> just immediately was like, not going to fucking talk about that. Just going to move to whatever's next. It was amazing. And I guess he called out Greg Hardy in the path, but I'm going to struggle here, Raph. Why does Derek Lewis hate Greg Hardy? Oh, um, well, we had some people who were wondering that too. And I think it's because he okay. hit a woman. Okay. 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 So Derek uh, Lewis is taking the violence part about mm-hmm. at women, and he's saying that is a deal breaker for him, even in a professional way. Yes. Okay. Well, then maybe don't start your post-fight presser by shouting out someone with over 25 known accusers. Happens to be the president, but that was who he did. So I was really struggling with that paradox. That was my only issue. It's different um, because... I'm waiting. I thought about it for mm -hmm. hours. I was like, God, I cannot... This is like people that love the fire department but hate healthcare. This is so tough mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna put this out to legal. I actually legal's already <laughs> writing furiously right now. Okay, to make eye contact make with sure. me since I said the Good. over twenty five thing. Because I'm pretty sure they're kind of confused by the whole thing too. They're just like, Jesus Christ, I don't. You guys make sense of this. Well, I'll tell you what, I will make some sense of, mm. and it's Kevin Lee's foot to Gregor Gillespie's face. This was violent, and it was angry. Yeah. Did you see this? I did. Okay. It felt, as it happened, I immediately stood up, which is when those you just see somebody get completely knocked out. But Kevin Lee, who is someone who would know to do this, didn't even remotely go to try and fight him. was just mm. like, that motherfucker's out. There it is. Referee has to tackle Kevin Lee before he can get to Gregor Gillespie. And it was exactly what you're looking for. (laughs) Excellent fighting. Yeah, I don't. I was uh, mostly just kind of hoping that would be a fun uh, thing to see. And I I saw the highlights on that one. Um, But here's where things get a little weird for me. Did you see the Corey Anderson, Johnny Walker fight, though, Kev? (laughs) Yes, I did. I saw the ending of it. Okay. Can you explain to me what happened with Corey Anderson at the end? Um, You're talking about in reference to his TKO or his excitement after? Uh, I think it was his anger afterwards. He was pissed. He was, like, screaming after and in a, like, the fight had just started way. Not in a, you know, you just pretty much murdered someone on national television. This was on ESPN. You didn't have to buy this one. But Corey Anderson got a huge, because did you also, Johnny Walker was having a funny week in terms of how people were reporting on him. Yeah. Like, Johnny Walker can't walk. I was like, "Uh, okay, I get what you guys are going with his last name. Still sounds like Scotch to me. And did Corey, I didn't see his, I was starting to leave right after he, um, committed the murder i didn't hear if he explained why he was so angry okay i didn't hear his side and i'm gonna have to do due diligence on that so my apologies to you listeners normally i'm better than that however i heard dana's response and dana was of the mindset of like 
He's just mad because he doesn't think we know who he is. We know who you are, but he thinks that we favor Johnny Walker or whatever some bullshit. Here's the thing. You get in there, you win or lose. That's what it was. Tonight you won. We saw it. Okay, cool. Thanks. So he was responding to it as a set of cryberry antics. And to me, I just kept thinking like, was there some shit between the two of them that I'm not aware of? Because I don't really uh, claim to be up on all side drama, but he was doing that kind of generic yell that you do when you get mad that you can't spell a word. And so you yell at somebody else. And you're like, I don't know if it's I before E except after C, bitch. But sometimes there's some exceptions and it's weird. Like receipt. Do you know if it's I before E? I don't remember. And I thought that's what he was doing because I've, I've been there. I understand that. But it was odd. And it See, I didn't know that's why he was so bad. I guess uh, Johnny Walker does get a lot of attention. But Corey Anderson's a pretty that's it was just, very his name strange. is very iconic if you were fighting someone named coca-cola it would also yes. be effing weird taco bell would be awesome i'm just spitting out names for people in in honor of taco bell i would have to not fight them i'd okay. be like give me any other opponent because i respect their work too much uh shane burgos versus uh Marquan Ekmari, uh, which was a fun fight went deep all the way in the third round and uh Marquand was just getting uh, belted around half of that fight. But um, let's talk about Edmund Shabazen because he is a a fighter out this way who has fought on, I believe, formerly the CXF organization, now the Lights Out organization. And he – he brutal. 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 Mm. Uh, this was the first fight I, I, this, I was the first on the prelims. That's why I was about to be like, this is the first one I saw mm. Edmund. I even texted you. I was like, Edmund might've just killed Brad Tavares. I was yeah. really nervous about some of these first few fighters after their result. And frankly, this is where I was getting already hyped up. I was like, boy, Madison square garden does do something. You hear athletes talk about this and the, the Knicks didn't have such decrepitly horrible owner. People would go play there. People just like New York. And that venue, with its history of boxing to performance to whatever, the fighters looked jacked. So to hear the broadcast be so angry about the New York staff, it's like, just deal with it. No one wants to go to Cleveland for games, but they do so in other sports. Like, just suck it up. You're in New York City. You're Madison Square Garden. I'm sorry the doctor upset you. (laughs) Well, that doctor is not going to live it down now. They have made memes of him. They have let him know where you can find him. It is it is a scary time to be involved science. in anything sports. Uh, science more so because people don't believe the heights. But uh, I don't know, man. I, always money in the sequel. I also want to give some credit on over to Jarzino versus uh, Andre Arlovsky who put him out pretty cold in 29 seconds and – Oh, shit, I mean, no, I saw that too. Okay. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. And the, I think the weird part of that in my brain, Kev, and I don't know if it is in yours, is you sometimes go, ah, Andre, we're still doing this, right? Okay. But for Gerizino, I could think, damn, dude, wasn't one of your last fights also pretty quick too? Like, good that year dude. for you. Yeah. He knocked him in 29 seconds. 
This Let's is, see. It's hard to do Kev, anything in 30 seconds. Would you like to know, within the past year, he's had three fights. Do you know the total amount of time for those three fights? I don't. It would be... $850? Sorry. No. Oh. Uh, no. We're, again, Price is Right rules, not Price is Right money. He has three fights in this calendar year, dating back to February 2nd. The first fight was 54 seconds. I'm sorry, not 54. It's 54 seconds in the second round. The, first, the second fight is nine seconds, which was in June of 2019. And then just this weekend, it was 29 seconds. So if you're Jesus. doing the math on that one, that's 554 plus nine. So that's just south of six minutes plus this last one, which is 29 seconds. So for those three fights, he averaged less than six minutes and 30 seconds. Hmm. So we're going to see him uh, cr creeping up the cards soon. Well, don't forget, before then, December 2018, and if you're going full calendar year, he did that one in one round in 10 seconds. This would be a fun so statistic, like how much fighters make per second in the octagon they used to do that yeah. with jordan where it's like he makes roughly two million every minute he's on the court it's like jesus <laughs> so that would be cool so and you know what uh, Tarzino uh, has fought for 11 minutes and uh, earned almost wanted... seven bmf replica belts i'm sorry i didn't know this existed and i want to make sure you know it before we move on but in kickboxing he has some championships now wu len fang okay cool that checks out uh, sweet there, Trenin, world championship. Yeah, all right, I'm cool with that one too. But Kev, this man has won one particular championship that is of note to both you and me, and I would say I think we're both dumber having not known this existed before. Would you like to know in the name of this championship? Yes. It's the Danger Zone World Champion. God damn it. Danger Zones! <laughs> Why did we not know that existed? Or like, he's doing your editor-in-chief trick and is just making his resume <laughs> up. He's going through Tom Cruise's resume. It's like, War of the Worlds. <laughs> well, Mission that I'm kick not. possible. That's the... <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty good. I would, you know what? If we're gonna trademark any potential kickboxing mission, kick possible <laughs> is is up there. I would say. I just, I'm so glad that I can verify these things uh, as quickly as possible. Well, Kev, um, that is kind of, I think, what did, I've got did for you that give away event. Some dumbass award. Yeah, Did you okay. want to give I out the BML baddest mother listener? That's pretty funny. Maybe that's what we should give out. It's the just BML. Like a... God, we're going to charge three grand for these things. You're going to oh, love them. Call. They're the price of a Forester, but you're going to dig it. Yeah. Okay. So I got a message from Dan Hubler, longtime friend of the show. This is the conversation that happened. 4.50 a.m., by the way, he messaged me and says, do I win? Serial now, killer hours, by the way. Yeah, for real. Like, if you know I'm up at 4 a.m., you know it's because I'm editing. What are you, a professional comedian, Hubler? Go to bed. Go His, to bed. My response at 9 a.m., a real person's hour, uh, was reveal on show. 
Dan, we both know I won, Raph. <laughs> Me. We both know I'm revealing on the show. And then he oh. said, everybody tune in to listen to see how I won. I do have some interesting information on that. Go on. He did get the most correct. Oh, so he, uh, Jorge Masvidal, this. First. Almost. Because someone else also got the most correct, too. Well, there can't be two winners. This is the BML title. Yeah, I don't know what to do here. So I'm going to have to think long and ban them both from the podcast. Raph, it's settled. That's what it is. So just to make sure we are giving the proper amount of due diligence and credit to those who work hard, I want to go ahead and compliment the gentleman that ended up tying Dan because we originally had a prize in mind. And now I think we got to fucking figure that out now because normally we have tiebreakers and it makes things super easy, but you fucking yahoos don't put that on there. Cause I didn't ask you to. So anyway, Sean Betchelheimer. Awesome. Name. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Let me just double check here. One, two, three. Uh, yeah, you got the same amount. So Sean Betchelheimer. I mean, Sean, you have a better name than Dan. Yeah. Hmm. I can, I'll second that. Yeah, that's a much better thing. So I don't know. I'm going to figure something out here. Because um, the original prize we had was not something you split. But we're going to talk to Verbal Tap Legal. It was me for get... a night. Boys, <laughs> great news. I'm prepared to make it uh, work still. Um, so here's what I'm going to say. I'll get in touch with you guys individually. We were going to get you BMF belts. All right. We're just going to say it. But we only had budget for one expensive <laughs> Stop. Sorry, oh, I can't gosh. even get through the sentence that we had the budget for oh, a BMF <laughs> replica belt. Whew. Maybe it's if just, they were 40 bucks, that could have been in budget. It's just we mean to do so many nice things sometimes, and then shit like this happens where you're just like, I mean, Sean, I would be happy just giving you the fucking prize, but I mean, technically, Dan did do it too. Um, yeah. All right, we'll figure it out. I'll be in touch with you guys. Um, anyway, congratulations to both of you. You circled the right amount of people, uh, that you needed to. So yay. Yay. Good job. Um, Kev, we do have some other quick hits that we need to get before we call it a day. You go for it. I just saw another picture of Nate Diaz's eye and I'm now more resolute than ever. That you feel okay with it. I just, it wasn't an egregious stop. That's it was being treated like this is un fucking believable. Like this is an insult to the sport. This is against medical. Joe Rogan was like, in MMA, that is not that bad a cut. It's like, would you shut the fuck up? I don't think it's like you want to go with boxing because they've had two fighters die in the last, I don't know, three months. Is that is that what you want to use? It's wow, like, dude, what a, what a way on. to put it, Kev. Would you like do you who guys do you want Nate Diaz to die? I don't. I was like, I don't think he needs any more damage done to his skull right now. <laughs> I kind of think the doctor, I at least saw the argument. That's, I'm not saying I was like, yeah, that's fair. Woo! It was an argument. Well, I don't think anybody was excited to see the fight just kind of like <laughs> die in between rounds. But it wasn't like Masvidal and he, to your point, it was like, we saw what was going to happen. Unless Nate Diaz was going to pull a taser out of his ass and start defending himself with it, he was going to get his ass kicked. No one's ever manhandled Nate Diaz like that. Not the three rounds. Not that I've ever seen. Let's discuss this. That I think is an important key fact to go over, which is (sighs) 
saying that he could have come back in round four has very little evidence. Uh, the Russians just got in touch with me, Raph, from the mm. 1978 or whatever the miracle was. They, <laughs> they've they said if they could just get a little more overtime, they could have been the champion. So it's fun to know. I just, I feel like we saw a pretty good fight and it's unfortunate that it ended uh, in between the rounds. But at the same point, I think we saw three rounds of a pretty good fight that already kind of had a guy who was kind of winning pretty well. So that's what I got for you there. Um, Kev, did you know that Diego Sanchez is no longer with the UFC? I did not, but I saw, wait, wait, wait. did he join uh, the B tour? Probably. So that's, that's what we got going on there. So no one tell Damian Maya because that's who he was calling out. Uh, <laughs> let's also so fast. <laughs> Damian's like, I'm headed to go teach class. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, it appears that Conor McGregor and Cowboy is targeted for December. But, Kev, this was something that was happening over in Saudi Arabia. And there's a lot of very humus, humorous stories that are coming out of there. But Cain Velasquez was beat in a short amount of time by Brock Lesnar in the WWE. Yeah, I saw it. You saw the, the Kimura? Did you see how bad it was? Yes, I saw it. Okay. And again... The shirtless option, you know, hey, what are we going to do? Um, the weirdest part of this is apparently Kane's knee went out and that, that uh, checks out completely. No, that doesn't. Sound but right. but it was already out. And so they were saying, like, yeah, he just needs to get surgery. So we needed to do a quick match so that we can build him back up again because he's got a contract with them. But if you ask me, though, Kev, it looked like Brock wanted to run back a certain UFC championship that he lost to Kane because. It's a, it a little, little anticlimactic, but guess what? Uh, these guys, or at least one of them, I'm pretty sure Brock got on a private plane, left Saudi Arabia. However, there was a big melee where a number of the stars who don't have private jets didn't make it back in time for a SmackDown taping here in the United States. It is being reported, I don't know how accurate this is, that part of that, Kev, is due to the fact that the WWE was not paid in full by some of the Saudis that they have put a deal with to the point where now Vince I'm McMahon now I'm excited. Okay. Keep talking. To the point where Vince McMahon actually get this. Now imagine Dana White doing this. Midstream cut off the broadcast for the Saudi television uh, audiences. And they had to watch it delayed like 40 minutes because they weren't getting their money apparently. We don't know. Again, this is all a hundred percent not something I can prove. But you can prove that they did have their their feed cut out. And so some of the fighters or wrestlers, I should say, superstars, were very upset that they got used as pawns because the Saudi government wasn't letting them fly out. Like, that's how ridiculous this story is being reported right now. <laughs> I This is even better-ish than the NBA's China thing, because that's not fun. This is no. fun. This is a nice this is huge brawl. People are stuck in Saudi Arabia over funds. It's amazing. Yep. We had somebody say this, and I think they were trying to say that they didn't believe it was true, but it is. Uh, Dazen or Danzen, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Dazone, whatever. They said that Canelo and Kovalev would start after UFC 244. So they actually did wait for Diaz and Masvidal to end before they started their one hour of walkouts. 
And we were watching some of that. And there was a fun knockout that I actually left because I didn't, you know, I, I watched seven rounds of boxing and I was like, y'all, it's time to go home. And uh, saw the highlight of the knockout. Very, very cool knockout by Canelo. But we had somebody say, yeah, right. No, it happened. No, that they 100% waited for the UFC to be done. That was not something that anybody is making up. So, uh, but yes, Dana White was boasting about it. I don't know the exact extent of that accuracy, but Dana White was saying like, yeah, they asked for uh, the live broadcast of the Masvidal Diaz fight during the Canelo Kovalev card. So strange times, Kev. Strange times internationally. This is sort of, there's just been some bizarre things happening in other markets. And I'll leave you with this, with your moment of Zen individuals here. But uh, when they interviewed Darren Till, who admitted he had a major injury going into all of this, and he was very candid. I I would encourage you to go see his post presser if you get the chance. He was walking out in crutches. But he said he was seriously thinking about making up an injury not to do this fight because he was going through so much shit. It's a very raw and real sort of interview. But on the post presser, he definitely came out and said, you know, now that I'm back, I believe I can beat them all. <laughs> and they said, you all Romero. And he's like, fuck that guy. I don't want to ever fight him. He's a beast. Yeah, Darren Till was uh, uh, the secret. I would call him the UFC 244 post-presser winner. Nate Diaz, obviously the MVP. But I oh, think yeah. Darren Till really upped his stock with that. Yeah. So I think that's the amount of news you guys should know. That is going to do it for us here tonight at verbal tap i'm kevin thank you for listening good night and good fight next (laughs) the number you have dialed has been changed the new number is Please note, the new number is...